Hey, I'm Megan. And I'm Sharon, and welcome to The Breakup Dress. Each week, we will be delving into the fashion world, tackling the issues around fast fashion, education about sustainable fashion, and we want you to get involved as we share memories from our wardrobes. Hello and welcome back to The Breakup Dress and I have to say I'm very excited about this episode and no, I'm actually very excited about every episode to be honest. I'm also <laughs> equally very excited about this one and we have a brilliant, very special guest coming up. She's actually a friend of ours as well. I gave a little yeah. hint there now. It's, it's a girl. Um, but she's someone that is so interesting and so fascinating that I think those of you who are listening, you'll, you'll actually, I'm going to tell you now, maybe get out a pen and paper because you're going to want to jot down some notes. Yeah, she's absolutely just such a lovely person first of all but like as well incredibly inspiring um and just has yeah leads such an incredible life and yeah i just adore her and she's cool so tune like stay on the podcast to yeah. listen to it basically don't, go anywhere. <laughs> don't um, go anywhere um well we'll do a quick rundown of what's been happening because i have just i am just in the middle of probably what we're actually coming to the end of one of my busiest ever i don't know it's i think this is the busiest i've ever been in my yeah. entire work life. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sensing the busyness through your Instagram. Oh, like, oh my good God. God. Yeah, if you're following me on Instagram, you'll see I've just been uh, working everywhere. I've been in Punchestown. I've been in um, Limerick presenting awards back in Punchestown. It's Riverfest weekend. Uh, Limerick mm. versus Clare in the Hurling match. Uh, uh, Great Limerick run. Uh, it's like, I'm here going, I actually am going to Mallorca soon. I'm counting, I literally counting down, I need to count down the days because like once I get there, I'm like, I just can't wait to be away from my Oh, Just when are you going? Break. I forgot that you were doing that. Yeah. I am going, I'll tell you now. Um, I'm going in the middle of May, so I fly out on the 11th. Oh my God, I'm going this day two weeks. Yes. Nice, nice, nice. We well, going? I haven't had as busy a week, but I'm going to a wedding tomorrow. My One of my Yay. best friends, Mark, is getting married to his partner, Alex. So I can't wait. It's a lovely Galway. Um, so yeah, I'm going to really enjoy it. Um, can you tell us what you're wearing? Can you give us a sneak peek? Will we get a sneak peek on social media? Maybe. <laughs> <Can> we? <laughs> we'll see. Oh, that was very, that was very sketchy. Yeah. Well, hope, hope you're, like, it's not like it's not like a nature's wedding or anything, is it? Like you're going to wear clothes. Yeah, it actually is a nudist wedding. You weren't supposed to say this over the podcast. <laughs> oh. Imagine all you can wear, get a dress code, flower crown, nothing else. <laughs> Do you know what? I... I wouldn't mind doing that sometime. Just not with. Actually, I'd do it with you, actually. But I wouldn't do it. Like, I'd, I would be. Like, if I was doing it with a load of strangers, like, it's kind of something I do abroad. Not. Yeah, I probably wouldn't do it in Ireland. I'd be too cold. But, so you'd do it. Like, if someone was like, hey, come to our nude wedding, just flower crown, and everyone what? else is going, you'd do it. I'd say yeah. once you get over the nervousness and the kind of awkwardness, I'd say it'd be fine. Well, yeah, you just have to be. I guess everyone in the group would just have to be like really accepting of each other and not looking at each other in like a pervy way <laughs> or in a weird I like, way I feel like initially you'd be kind of looking because you're kind of going wait are we actually all naked and then you're kind of, I'd say well I'd say after a while you just get used to because you're not going to be staring at people's bodies because you like you'd be so yeah. awkward yourself you're, and you probably forget mm. that you're naked after a while you're probably just getting on with it yeah yeah that's very true I don't know how we moved on because you won't tell us wedding. about the weddings so we don't have to keep an eye on your social media yeah someone's gonna tag a photo of you so i'll get a look then i can i'll get a glimpse um but yeah, yeah so it's just it's uh, i'm pity now you're not around for riverfest this weekend you were here last year but um i'm hosting people again but sure well actually i don't even know if i am i don't know what i'm doing i'm so i'm so tired this stage i think my housemates are one of the i don't know how are. you're gonna get through this weekend honestly after the week you've had but monday will be your your duvet day 
Monday, if anyone even tries to talk to me Monday, I plan on, and you know what the annoying thing is, I bet you Monday the weather's going to be absolutely unbelievable and I'll want to go to the beach, but I'm like, I'm just going to close all my curtains in my apartment and just stay in bed for the whole day. I've done a food shop. I don't even remember the last time I did a food shop. I'm obviously oh, I wouldn't be able for that. I have to cook every week. I'm, I'm like boring. I cook every week on a Sunday and I cook for the whole week. I can't meal prep. I get so, I'm bored I, on Tuesday by the, my food. I just have to I don't know because I just I like just getting up and knowing everything's ready to go and I don't have to think about how I'm getting anything for the week this, so it's all done thi- this is a new thing though is it? no I've always unless I get really really which happens when I'm releasing new collections and I get really busy then I'll like be really inconsistent with it and you know what I mean if it gets to that but usually I would because I would need to have that structure and it just makes my week better Oh wow! No, yeah, yeah. I, I, a lot of microwave dinners now going on at the moment. But yeah. Now I'm not going to lie. By the time it gets to Thursday or Friday, I'm pretty fed up of whatever yeah. I've made. But you know, yeah. No, it is good. It is good to do. I just said I just get so bored, and I'm like I can't. But anyways, I think we should actually get our guest on because we've been teasing about her, and uh, to be honest, we were like we'll do we want to talk less and let her talk more because she's just yeah she's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Very excited for this one. I'm just going to get my own pen and paper out now as well so I can take notes. We have a very special guest on. She is a trailblazer in the luxury fashion and tech world. She's also a very good friend of ours. Welcome to the podcast, Ashley McDonald. How are you? Thank you. Very happy to be here. Thanks for having me, ladies. Oh, it's yeah, so good to have you. Fellow Galway gal as well, might <laughs> I add. So, Sharon, you are in very good company today. I'm the odd one out here, the Leitrim gal. <laughs> uh, we're all co- country women anyways, so yeah. <laughs> everyone's From the them. West, from the West. <laughs> um, so Ashley, you're considered Ireland's very own Emily in Paris. For anyone who's listening that might not be familiar with you, can you please tell us a bit about yourself? So thanks for that intro. I don't usually introduce myself as Emily in Paris, but... <laughs> um, I'm actually Ashley in Ireland. Paris right now, though, yeah. Um, <laughs> so for anyone who's listening, I guess I would introduce myself as Ashley from Galway, who yes. is in Paris indeed, um, although I'm technically based in Geneva at the moment, but I spend a lot of time uh, in Paris and in other places around the world as well, and it's been a solid 10 years, now I'm 29, so it's been 10 years of working in the luxury industry, mainly always in Paris actually, so I've lived in Paris, or in France at least, since I was 19, did my studies there. Always wanted to work in the world of luxury fashion and beauty. Eventually got my break with LVMH Group, world's biggest luxury group, uh, at their headquarters on Avenue Montaigne. Moved internally after six months to Dior, which was the ultimate dream. Stayed there for a couple of years. And then since then, I've just been kind of back and forth within the luxury and tech space. And I'm now with a group called Pooch, which owns many, many brands, including Charlotte Tilbury, Jean-Paul Gaultier, Paco Rabanne, Caroline Herrera, Drews Van Noten, many more. So always fashion and beauty and I head up global digital media and e-commerce within the travel retail division so that is me and as well <laughs> that's incredible you, you teach on top Do of all that things. so yeah tech powered luxury I guess is my my baby at the moment um it's a company that has three parts one of which is a podcast itself so I've got my podcast weekly podcast and I bring on people to talk about luxury and technology and all other facets and forms. So launched on the 1st of November. We're on episode 28 today. So very happy. It's been consecutive um, nonstop every week with a couple of bonus episodes as well. And then it's also got its educational part as well. So it's taught as a module in two business schools. The two that I studied in, Naoma Business School in Reims, Champagne region, and Achaussee, Paris. So in Paris for their executive and 
uh, non-executive MBAs. So full on modules taught in person there every semester. And I guess I'm on a couple of boards as well. I'm the chairperson of the board of Digital Business Ireland. I'm on the board of Rag Revolution, fashion rental company, and hopefully a couple more coming soon as well. Amazing. I know, yeah, I don't know how you do it all. I, I like I'm following you on Instagram, and I'm like, um, every day you seem to be in a different part of the world. And I'm going, how is she doing? Like, I find it bad. I, I find I'm struggling to get around Ireland every day, and then I'm like seeing you and just you're like jet setting, and you just are involved in so many different um aspects and avenues. But you mentioned there you always wanted to work in luxury. So what yeah. was it like? Because like you were saying about ten years ago, since you were nineteen. Like when I was nineteen, I was still going into you know, those shops that are very cheap that you buy with the cheap makeup and buy the kind of, I was like, a, when I was younger, I was definitely, I was um, quantity over quality because I was like, I just wanted yeah. more new outfits and everything. So what was it that made you want to work in the luxury sector from such a young age? I would say it was much earlier than that. I already knew, like, I just love beautiful things. I thought I would be a fashion designer or an artist, like when I was in secondary school, I would spend midterm weeks on art retreats, you know, drawing, creating, oh. this kind of thing. Very different to what my classmates were doing. Um, but that's just the way I am. And I would, and I still do love going to galleries, art exhibitions and whatnot. Like for me, that's kind of at the core of it for me. I love architecture. When I was 16, I did my first internship with an architect actually. So I knew really, really early on that that's what I love. I love creating things that make people dream and that definitely are not a necessity, but that make life more beautiful and bring more joy like Paris that's why I love it it's an outdoor museum you walk around Paris nothing here needs to be that beautiful but someone decided a long time ago let's make this an incredible city to walk around whether it's the art the architecture the statues just all the little details so I was looking at your stories yeah. yesterday they just every time you're there I'm like oh my god it's so beautiful it looks amazing yeah so I guess I strive for that and I um convinced my mom when I was like 16 to go to London with me for a weekend because I couldn't really go away when I was 16 I'd never been before mm -hmm. and I'd heard that there was going to be an exhibition in Somerset House about Christian Dior and it was specifically about his perfumes because actually when he launched his brand perfumes were a part of it from the very very beginning which is not always the case for most luxury brands but he wanted to have that scent like that Dior scent inspired by his sister Catherine Dior and they grew roses in their family home actually so they always had this um a sense of scent and perfume and actually their family business was fertilizers so a different type oh. of smell but yeah they were big um, big in the game of uh, creating fertilizer so when i was 16 i said i want to go to london i want to go to the exhibition and rene gros is the name of the illustrator who did all the original illustrations for those perfume bottles so i went and i was like this is what i want to do i want to work for dior i want to work in the beauty division i want to live in paris my mom was like, okay, <laughs> you know, I always have big dreams and I always tell everybody that's the way I've always been. I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen. And it doesn't always happen, but I think at least if I allow myself to believe it can, it's way more yeah. likely for it to happen. But so that's, an, that's important. That's an important step. You have to believe it's possible <laughs> yeah. and put yourself out there. So yeah, amazing, Ash. That's so incredible. Important. Yeah. So I got there yeah. in the end. I managed to get into Dior. It took a few years, but um, I think if I, if I didn't have that moment when I was 16, where I went to that exhibition, saw those. Mm -hmm. You know beautiful drawings and illustrations and really believed i can do this it, it never would have happened and that's why i really i'm a real advocate for getting involved with the arts getting involved with culture having it part of curriculums you know really like education can be the equalizer and it can give people just opportunities that perhaps they wouldn't even have dreamed that they're possible um, capable of achieving so yeah i love it so inspiring yeah. like i mean yeah no i think it's good for young people to li like to listen to know that 
you can want to do stuff that your classmates don't want to do you can do something a bit different we can be country girls from the countryside and not follow the norm and kind of you know dream bigger and I think that's really important for people listening to understand that and actually it doesn't matter what age you are if you're an older again you can always I think you can always achieve your dreams if you actually put your mind to it and I, I think that's the, the yeah I think anyone can do that if they just literally say and I think saying it out loud actually I find that I say things out loud because I find when I you know for manifesting even sometimes I say something out loud that yeah. I'm like oh you know and then it happens and I'm going oh sugar I shouldn't say that out loud so I'm like okay just say the good things out loud yeah and actually just on a point there with your podcast Ashley like I absolutely love it and I think it's such a great resource for anyone out there that wants to learn more about the fashion industry um and the tech side of it like anyone that's listening definitely tune into it like you I've learned so much from it and your last episode with Nikki Hoyne was just oh. incredible she's oh. amazing she's <laughs> she really is. amazing Thank so <laughs> yeah well done anyone listen yeah definitely give it a listen I actually have that downloaded to listen to I have that downloaded list to and I actually have um, I'm on a waiting list for those pink pumps to come back in stock again with Nikki <gasps> so too. I'm like watch my email every day, <laughs> every day like check it out I think yesterday some of them were back up online there so I've been waiting for them as well and okay. I, I just yeah I love Nikki she's great and the podcast for me I mean it's probably similar to yourselves the reason I did it is because questions that people have about fashion about luxury mm-hmm. about beauty and perhaps I wasn't able to answer all those questions in a message or in an email or you know through LinkedIn Instagram whatever it is so I said actually all of these questions sometimes they're big questions so why not get people on and have a wider conversation and find out the answers for myself and for the other people who are wondering no, absolutely yeah no I love it I love it and I think yeah, as I said Tech Power Luxury is the podcast do give it a search and give it a subscribe and it's on social media as well so you can um, keep up to date with all Ashley's episodes now Sharon I'm going to let you lead with this one because we've been talking about this we actually did a podcast on it and I listened I know what you're going to talk about yeah and I'm going <laughs> I like I've, I've heard you talking about it in your social media and I was going yeah. whoa since Sharon and I did a podcast on because I it, this kind of blows my mind so Sharon I'll let you take yeah. this one over I, I've, I've actually talked <laughs> I've actually talked to you since Ashley and you said you listened and you found it hilarious because I suppose we don't <laughs> we don't know anything about it like well I suppose it's the early stages for many people um but obviously you're hugely immersed in it like for anyone that's listening that like us very much so at the beginning stages or doesn't have a clue can you tell us about the metaverse yes so metaverse um, I mean it's such a funny topic to speak with people about when they've never been engaged in the metaverse so usually my rule of thumb is don't really try to talk to people about the metaverse if they haven't actually gone and tried it for themselves because it's like trying to explain the internet to someone who's never been on the internet like people will just laugh at you as the person explaining it and be like what are they talking about they're crazy so i guess for people listening who maybe don't know what it is i explain the metaverse as um a gaming platform like let's go back to the sims i don't know if you ladies played the sims when you were growing up sims today is considered a metaverse if you're playing it live because you're there you could say sharon um meet me at my house in the sims he's here's here are the coordinates you can meet me there i'm going to have a little party there this evening let's all meet there obviously as your sim and you can actually chat to each other there in you know the sims and you're all wearing your little outfits that you've chosen so it's also you've got a sense of ownership of the clothes that you're wearing perhaps you've built that house yourself that you've built in the sims so that's again these are all like digital um, creative components that you have a sense of ownership for you have to pay for them to have them there you have to construct them so all of that feeds into what the metaverse is about actually it's just about 
having virtual interactions and having that sense of ownership, whether it's for the digital clothes you're wearing, for those assets, or for example, the actual real estate that's around you. So The Sims is one metaverse, but there are so many. It's like the internet. It's like saying google.com is a website on the internet, but it's not the internet. It's a part of it. Like Mm -hmm. The Sims is a part of the metaverse, but you have so many different metaverses. You've got the really big ones like Roblox and Fortnite, Decentraland. They're the ones that have hundreds of millions of users. So um, are really, really key to the overall construct. So it's again, like if we spoke about social media, you've got tons of different social media platforms, but you've got the big ones like Instagram and Mm -hmm. Facebook and Twitter and Snap. But again, Snap isn't the entire social media realm it's just one component of it and same with the metaverse so you've got loads of different components they're like little worlds that you go into and you're represented differently in every single one of them and you have that's always that different sense of ownership that's what web 3 is about so not only do you um read and write um within the platform so actually being able to like contact other people in there but you can also own things so own in digital fashion or buying virtual real estate so it's kind of a long explanation, but it's it's hard to give a short one, I guess. You've um, explained that really well. You've yeah, explained that really so, well. So well. <laughs> I have to explain it almost every day, to be honest, in my, in my job, my main job at Pooch. So I'm, I'm getting a little bit better at understanding what people can relate to. And especially maybe my older colleagues that have kids, for them, if they've got kids, they're on Roblox. They're all on Roblox or Fortnite. And that's where kids are today. Like they're not mm-hmm. on these candy crush kind of games where you can't interact with others like they love being able to interact with other people they'll have the microphone on all the time they'll be chatting to everyone um they'll have friends that they've never met in real life could be on the other side of the world that they're running around within the game or they could have their friend from next door their sibling from upstairs you know um you can you can meet people in there and chat away and it's very collaborative so that's why i really believe web 3 as a whole with metaverse within it is the future of the internet because today's generation why would they go and create an instagram account when they're like all i'm doing is clicking like or comment on something that already happened and there's no real interactivity and there's no sense of ownership or building um, new things versus in metaverse so web3 spaces where it's a lot more interactive and a lot more social actually and a lot of these luxury brands now would say are kind of leading the way and they're starting Mm -hmm. to um, put items like clothing on as you mentioned clothing online and yes, yes. I guess they're creating these um, digital assets now online and that seems to be like is that the way fashion world is going like are we all in maybe like a couple of years time I know you probably already have but like will we all have our online wardrobes with our lovely pieces 100% so today it's estimated that already over 3 billion US dollars worth of digital fashion and digital NFTs and whatnot has been sold. So $3 billion, that's bigger than the revenues of Prada Group last year, for example. So it's a real business. And actually, like, again, talk to people that are in their 40s with kids that are maybe like in their, you know, early teens. The parents are definitely buying like these little tokens and these outfits and whatnot for their kids because that's the entertainment for them today. So most of these metaverse games are free to play. Like one on Instagram, it's free. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't really have to pay for anything there. But um, what you might want to buy when you're in these gaming worlds is more lives or maybe you want to actually have a custom outfit or maybe you see a brand that you love offline but that today you can't afford to buy in real life or they just you know you want to just wear them virtually whether it's something from Gucci or whatnot and you can buy it at a much much lower price and wear it virtually and resell it so fast and so easily if that's what you want to do much easier than in the real world where you need to take a picture package it up find a platform and um, probably get a third of the um cost taken off you from the platform whether it's a vestiaire or whatever but it's actually really um, inherently built into these 
metaverse platforms to be able to buy and sell very quickly and of course there's no wear and tear on a digital asset either no <laughs> wow oh my god it's, it's it's so fascinating to think that but as you mentioned there with the sims like we all played the sims growing up i remember yeah. going to people's houses just to play sims and that's what we were, you were saying like we were buying things and i remember then trying to buy more furniture or sell stuff to make a bigger house and you wanted the pool and everything and you to make these sacrifices so it's mad to think the sims that like geez that's what's that out 20 years or so and yeah, it's become exactly. Yeah, yeah, and now it's so, like, it's really led the way, kind of. Um, for example, like, Moschino launched a really cool collection in The Sims. Like, I would have loved that when I was growing up to be able to actually express myself in a very stylish way on The Sims because, like, let's be honest, the outfits back then, like, they were terrible. They didn't even represent <laughs> what I'd wear in real life. Never mind what I wanted to be wearing in The Sims, where, you know, in a virtual world where hopefully you can go even bigger and better. Like, there are no limits. You're not constructed... Um, by you know the laws of gravity or even by the cost of textiles and materials like you could be wearing a dress made out of clouds you could be dressed in head to toe faux fur and crazy colors that you wouldn't really buy in real world because you'd probably be too embarrassed to wear it but in the metaverse anything goes like you can be whatever you want so um, I, I love that about it there's a real creative opportunity absolutely and I suppose as well it's maybe not so much but it's quite in its infancy like how do you see it progressing in the next 10 years do you think it's going to be like you know the thing everyone is going to have their own space on the metaverse everyone's going to have their own avatar have their own wardrobe is that the way you think it's it's going to go i think it's going to it will become more mainstream as the current generation get older and that's what they're used to and they'd be actually making sacrifices moving from web 3 platforms back to web 2 platforms which, you know, our social media yeah. platforms that we use today. I would say those Snap, like Snapchat, Snap, they are considered a Web3 platform because they have augmented reality at the core of their offering. And they have from the very beginning. They have all these amazing filters and really fun concepts. Um, they build these entire campaigns um, with brands. So I've worked on a couple of them over the years myself as well, where you can build these really cool effects. So if you're open up, snap and you put it on the front lens or the world facing lens you can do so many different things and and whatnot so it does have a real sense of augmented reality um and you can do try-ons like dior has launched really cool campaigns in snap where you can try on their sneakers and different things like this so that's why i see snap as being such a key platform for the younger generation and that will sustain so actually snap is growing in users it's the only platform today that is still around you know kind of from that early stage of social media that's growing in usership and when i look at my um, younger siblings for example like they don't even use Snap, um, whatsapp like snapchat is how they communicate it's how they post they're not using instagram and i think it's going to be the same when it comes to like these other metaverse platforms we won't see a migration it's not like oh once you reach a certain age you're going to move to instagram or once we reach a certain age that we're going to move to only doing facebook i, I don't think it's going to work like that um There'll always be something new that's coming and usually the yeah. new thing that comes is better than what was before so yeah i actually it's funny you say that because snapchat i got a message last day my new snapchat ai so mm. they've created this ai friend and it's like oh i'm gonna be your friend so if you have any questions so i've seen a few people using it and they're like it's literally it's like talking to a person but it's all ai so it's, i suppose with everything chat gpt all this stuff is starting to create this the ai world is really starting to take over like we were discussing it on the week yeah. during um on tv that um this whole AI now and fake images and stuff. So that's going, that's really going to cause, I think, a real kind of, I guess, it's going to stir things up a bit because now we're going to have to probably bring in some kind of laws to say, okay, this is actually real AI and this is fake yeah. AI. So I suppose yeah. there's going to be a bit of a, a kind yeah, of a... Yeah, I think there's a big risk with, with 
everything to do with the misuse of AI. Mm. But you could say that about anything, anything. Like back in the day, people that were painting, you could create a painting yeah. with someone that represented something that didn't actually happen or that was fake, you know? Like we're always gonna have issues with this kind of thing. What I see today as being the biggest challenge is the virality of it. Mm-hmm. That imagery that maybe is a deep fake and people don't realize it can go viral yeah. and people can believe it. So it's actually the scalability and the, the bigger than ever reach potential that I think is the biggest uh, risk right now. So I do think we need to have more regulations around it. It's really, really hard to do. It's like with counterfeit goods, for example. It's yeah. creating a fake product and selling it as a real one. You know, we're always going to have these issues in society. and But unfortunately, um, it's very hard to control that. Uh, you know, and if you spend all your time trying to control the technology and not developing it using for good, what's the point in having the technology at all? True, true. Yeah. Um, do you think as well, we were actually kind of discussing this as well, um, Sharon and I, but I was, do you think like maybe in years to come, like um, obviously at the moment it's the luxury brands that are kind of, I guess, leading the way. Do you think it's going to be the case where like all the shops are nearly available now online and all the brands, like will the likes of mm. Pennies be moving to the metaverse in 10 years time? Will we be going into buy our... 500 pairs of socks and knickers and hair ties you know or do you think that, like or do you think they'll you know the kind of those kind of shops will steer clear of it or will they have to join because everyone else is it's a good question i think it comes back to the question of sustainability and like i'm very aware that like sustainability it's not a product like sustainability is a lifestyle it's mm-hmm. a mindset it's waking up every day and making choices that care about the planet and that aren't just about short-term pleasure or gains or wins or whatnot but the reality is like if you are not in the financial position to invest in a product a service or whatnot that will last longer and be kinder to the planet then you're going to go for the cheaper option so when it comes to fast fashion i stay clear from it when i can i'm lucky enough to be able to invest in pieces whether it's fashion or furniture or whatnot you know, I'd rather go for something vintage or pre-loved mm-hmm. um, from a luxury brand at a lower price or if I'm treating myself to something even that, that's new but I know I'm going to have for a lifetime. So I, I don't see the longevity of fast fashion going into the metaverse because the aspiration isn't there. Okay. And yeah. I think aspirational brands, luxury brands, brands that you buy into their DNA, their entire you know values and ecosystem, they're the ones that will perform better. Um, why would I go and buy penny socks in the metaverse like I, I i wouldn't see why that would be something exciting for me or that would make me dream whereas i could buy maybe a virtual hat from chanel that i'd love to have in the real world but that i can't afford today maybe i wouldn't be even brave enough to wear it walking around but i can wear it in the metaverse so i yeah. do think luxury brands are the ones that are investing in the metaverse because they see it as a way to reach people to engage build community um but yeah i don't really the only fast fashion brand that I've really seen do something. Actually, I saw two. Um, what's it called? Uh, Forever Twenty One. They launched like a crop top that went viral, and the crop top only only cost around fifty cent, like in US dollars, to buy, and they sold like thousands and thousands of them. So that obviously was really successful, and kind of young um, girls, especially in the metaverse, that are like gaming and stuff, said, "Why don't I buy this crop top? Like that's cool." But again, the design was fun and it was colorful and whatnot. So I think it's going to be brands that have a really big story to tell that are going to succeed in this space rather than fast fashion that's the way i see it anyways yeah 
It's interesting. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, I love totally. that. Totally. And just speaking about design, actually, because you are moving it to Irish design, you're an incredible advocate for Irish designers and you're great for giving advice. You've been great for me as well. I've learned so much from you. <laughs> I really, really have. Um, and yeah, it's so great. Like you're just so helpful and you're a wealth of knowledge. So just with regards to the fashion industry in Ireland, um, how do you see progressing in the next few years? Like, do you think someday that maybe we could even have an Irish Fashion Week? Wouldn't that be cool? I know. I actually was in quite deep discussions about something along those lines with people recently. And I think the biggest challenges that we have in Ireland today, it's to do with the infrastructure, ecosystem, support. Like, it's not there for designers. You know this yourself, Sharon. Like, in Ireland, if you go and study to become a designer, whether it's fashion designer, jewellery or whatnot, you're not given business skills, branding skills, communication skills. They're not on the table today. You're really taught how to create a product or how to design a product. Yes. Um, but that is not going to build you a business. And actually, like the fashion industry, it's, it's real. It's a big business. If you look at just luxury fashion alone, it was worth over $70 billion in 2019. Uh, it took a hit, obviously, during COVID because things slowed down. People, retail was closed. But now it's bouncing back um, to those levels again. And it's expected to exceed 100 billion by 2030. So it's a big, big industry. And today the main players are French and Italian. And in general, it's giant French um, conglomerates like LVMH, where I used to work, um, who are responsible for most of that. So they built the ecosystem. So it didn't the ecosystem didn't necessarily come from government or it didn't come from just, okay, naturally they had this, you know, huge industry arts already existing in the country and the sales yeah. are not just coming from france they're coming from all over the world and from people that go to france to go and buy from those brands or to italy or wherever um, when they're in those uh, kind of home countries of those brands and i think there's massive massive scope for irish brands to grow in that space but they're going to need investment and they need to get to the stage where they can even get investment and that's the hardest bit today so going from designing a product to having an actual brand and a viable business i see very few company are very few designers managing to get to that stage because there are just so many challenges um, yeah. there are so few people in the world that kind of have all of those skills to get their um, product to turn into a brand and to turn into a luxury brand um, yeah. and usually until you can get to that stage you cannot get investment so that's for me my kind of personal mission I guess over the next years is to help more brands get to that stage and then eventually um, with through tech powered luxury to also invest in that ecosystem invest in those brands and build out my own group of brands coming from Ireland but it's there, it's going to take a while it could take a couple of generations even because it's, it's I don't know Ashley yeah. you get a lot done I don't think so <laughs> um, well actually well, I was saying this Sharon as well earlier um, she actually I was saying to her did she remember it I wonder if you do it was back in 2000 when all the supermodels came to Ireland for a massive fashion show it was in the, the Point Depot which is three arena and I because I remember watching on TV and I was in awe like you had Naomi Campbell Christy Turlington um, Eva Herzegovina Yasmin Laban and they did this big huge showcase and it was on RT at the time and I remember being like only a little girl and in awe of these like supermodels all around Ireland and it just was I remember it just really shone a light on, on fashion I think at the time like it probably was a lot of the big fashion houses because it was obviously Brown Thomas but you know, yeah. no reason why we couldn't get Gigi and Bella Hadid strutting down O'Connell Street. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I'd be worried for them. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> no, they'd be blown away by the wind to begin with, and then they'd melt in the rain. The poor girls, I don't think they'd be ready for Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I, I 
actually, I don't remember it. I need to look that up. I guess I would have been like six at the time, and I would have just really moved to Ireland as mm. well because um, I lived in New York as a as a kid. Um, oh, amazing! I didn't know that. Didn't know yeah. that either. Yeah. yeah. So I think that also gave me a, a, a gave me a great perspective. And mm. probably yeah. if I had not lived in the US, I wouldn't have as much um, maybe brazenness about myself yeah. like being a kid in New York you know you oh my god that's mad quick. did you have <laughs> yeah. the accent and everything when you came back oh, or like so such a New York accent yeah until I, oh, oh, my until gosh. I was 12 yeah um they kind of bedded out of me then when I arrived in Galway <laughs> yeah I was gonna say that was some that was some change going from the streets of Manhattan to the fields of Crowell yeah it was a big change and I also when I arrived in Ireland I lived in Kilkenny for a little while in Ballyhale and like everyone oh. walks around with a hurl and it's all like real country and the way people speak is so different and well from New York anyways um, and it was it was a big big cultural shock and even the food that I was used to like peanut butter and iced tea like none, none of that had come to Ireland I don't I don't know if it's there now to be honest it took a while but (laughs) and then I moved to Galway and actually one of the I would say biggest character building experiences of my life was moving from that school in Ballyhill to moving to Crawwell and for some reason my parents didn't buy me the new uniform so I was going to school with the uniform from a totally different school and county and obviously you look like you've just I don't know been dropped there and you're at the wrong school and that went on for ages like in my head it was for weeks it could have been a shorter period of time but I mean even if you do that for one day like can you imagine yeah. so yeah it's so Anyways, funny as a, as a child the trauma yeah. yeah yeah but now I'm like you know what I never feel like if my outfit is too crazy because I'm like I survived primary school in the wrong uniform so yeah yeah you've yeah. <laughs> oh no I absolutely love it and um, before we let you go though we do want to kind of ask and get a bit of insight from you because as I said you do so much and you seem to have a really intense schedule like how like how do you manage all or is there like certain like non-negotiables for you or how do you just kind of like do you have to be super strict with your structure and like I mean is is your diary like your 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 holy grail or, or how do you manage it all yeah honestly it's not easy like it is a challenge and when people are like oh I'm thinking of doing this or I'm thinking of launching a brand or a podcast I'm like get ready to work your ass off because like none of this stuff comes easy and you know I've been working crazy crazy hours basically since I was like 18 19 now since my first internships I did two double bachelor degrees like I did double master's degrees like I guess I'm a pretty um intense person in general (laughs) and I look back and you know before that I was an athlete like I um for over 10 years was running competitively track and field so it's also down to your personality type and I'm I need to be really overstimulated constantly I find it very hard to just like take a break um so my agenda is really packed like I usually have more than 10 meetings a day um but everything's really organized and then it works totally fine for me but if it's not in my agenda it's either not going to happen or it's um it's going to be very hard to squeeze it in but for me the non-negotiables are really really clear like every morning I do a meditation I actually have a journal I quickly look at it and write okay what are the key goals for today what do I want to make sure I do and in that I'll always have one thing about wellness and I try to do sports at least five times a week so that's been a hard one to squeeze in when I travel like 80% of the time but like this week I'm in Paris for the whole week for example and I'm doing like four boot camps and like four different gyms and I'm like meeting friends there to do them so if you bring the social aspect to it like it happens um and I am really really good at taking a good holiday like I know how to plan a holiday and I'll have a couple in for the year so I always have one that I'm looking forward to and like for me there's no point in like working loads and not enjoying life and having fun so 
at the end of the day I also work in a space that I love and that I get a lot of happiness and joy from and that I um, you know maybe I have a couple of side projects on on the go as well that will fulfill me in other ways like they won't be commercial projects or necessarily fashion or luxury or tech related but they could be education or giving back to communities stuff like this so they're kind of <laughs> that's the way. just very organized always have a couple of holidays planned try to do some exercise and then um yeah i somehow keep going i'm still alive no, <laughs> it's I work hard play hard yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is like there's no point just working yeah. and i probably wouldn't get much, much satisfaction if i I don't know, tomorrow for some reason I was able to retire early. I'd say it would last about five hours and I'd be like, okay, no, I'm bored, you know, I'd want to do something again. So, um, of course, yeah. yeah. No, it is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Well, we have pretty much come to the end here, but yeah. we do have one last thing we want to ask you slash share. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's part of our podcast is sharing fashion memories. Yeah. Um, so we thought for you, we'd love to know maybe a fashion memory you have. So whether it's the first kind of luxury designer piece maybe you bought mm. yourself, or like something that you have that you know you're just you might not use it because it, you know it mightn't be as, as something that you maybe would wear fashionably now but it's something that you just know you'll keep forever whether it's in your wardrobe back home in Galway it's just that one piece that you look at and just go yeah no that's that I'm going to hold on to that forever um yeah really good question I mean look I'm a fashion person I've been in the industry for 10 years and I have what's called the Vente Privé private sales so I have always access up to really big discounts on all the products so nice. I feel like my whole wardrobe falls under the category of that can rarely be worn but I'll have it for life <laughs> some of the things I somehow still wear all the time even if they're very strange but I think for me the kind of most special fashion memory I have was when I was 25 so this is four years ago now it feels like 50 years ago four years ago uh, in Paris and it was when I was working at Dior and there's um, uh, a saint called Saint Catherine um, and basically there's an kind of a whole event around her called the Saint Catherinette and it's for women who work in major fashion houses in France and when they're 25 on this like specific date every year they have this big festival and the women have to wear like a hat that has yellow and green colors so the fashion house usually either designs the, ha- the hat or people within the house get to like have input on the design and then they all come together so this was like honestly one of the coolest days of my life so we did a little tour around Paris we had to do a fashion show we went to the Hotel de Ville like it was insane and we all were wearing our hats so I was obviously in the Dior team but they had Balenciaga they had Chanel they had Kenzo like all the major fashion houses <laughs> were so all cool. running around Paris but our really mental like green and yellow hats on um, in our teams and um, that like so special and I didn't even know about that before I moved to France I actually probably found out when I was maybe 23 and I saw people at work kind of participating in this and when I found out that I was going to get to do it I was like this is this is so cool like so few people in the world get to do that and I mm. obviously was the only Irish person doing this um that year but it was yeah like I'll have that hat forever hat looks absolutely crazy but I love it <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's amazing I'm like that is just the coolest thing ever I mean you look I think Galway races you'll get away with it Galway no, races you know yeah. no. they wouldn't be ready, wouldn't be ready. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they had a metaverse version of this hat I could wear it to the virtual Galway races but like <laughs> I'd be kicked out of the place <laughs> oh. I love oh, how yeah. that's your senti- I love how that's your like sentimental memory it might not be the most like you know thing that you love but it's just the fact that you have that memory attached to it that you're like i will always yeah. treasure that that's good cool. but you know what they gave us everyone got a shirt as well like a really beautiful as you can imagine do your shirt and that one i get a good bit of wear out of like it's absolutely gorgeous and it actually is tied at the front with um with like a bow and then oh, it has lovely. like the Dior B and the CD on it. So at least I got a practical item out of it. <laughs> um, 
true, true, very yeah. true. <laughs> I, I treat it with care. It's a white shirt, so I want it to last as well. But um, yeah, the hat has traveled with me. I've moved seven times since then. Um, which is crazy but the hat has always moved with me so still have I it. just oh. adore that that is amazing yeah. thank you so much for sharing yeah. that with us that's class <laughs> yeah thank you well, thanks thank you Sharon it's been great yeah. coming on love the yeah. podcast I'll keep tuning in can't wait to hear the responses about the metaverse hope to see you there Sharon's pieces <laughs> need to be digitalized me they be, will <laughs> um, in your style to the skies yeah well thanks for explaining it you know more in depth for us I'm sure our listeners as well will be grateful <laughs> Absolutely. And of course, Ashley McDonald is on Instagram, so do give Ashley a follow. We'll share her tags as well. And of course, her podcast, Tech Powered Luxury, is also on social media as well. So follow, like, listen, subscribe, everything. Following you, Ashley, is actually so interesting. I love seeing your adventures and your travels. So honestly, guys, give her a follow because you'll just, you'll love it. It's, It's class. Thanks, Megan. I mean, you know, it's niche, but it's good, clean fun. So, come on, <laughs> yes. <the journey. laughs> Love it. Thank you so, okay. so much. Thank you.